Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Aprovecha los precios más bajos de la temporada de JCPenney Como toallas de baño Home Expressions Quick Dry a solo $4.88 Y encuentra aún más ahorros en botas para damas Y jeans para él y ella de marcas como St. John's Bay, Mutual Weave, Arizona y más Comenzando en $21.88 cada uno Compre con estilo JCPenney Ofertas válidas hasta el 23 de octubre en selección de estilos Los precios más bajos de la temporada se refiere al periodo del 31 de julio al 23 de octubre Se excluyen del cupón The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit betterhelp.com slash road to rediscovery. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at betterhelp.com slash rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together, and it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with BetterHelp. Again, that's Better H-E-L-P. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Road to Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on The Road to Rediscovery, we are very passionate about delivering quality content that is of quality to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please visit roadtorediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a, few, in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. My special guest is the founder of Noesis, a worldwide education network aimed at helping assure a sustainable future for humanity. He's an expert on the instinctual influences of modern day behavior and how these behaviors cause many of the problems we face today. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Tony Wall to the show. Hey, Tony, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. We're thrilled to have you here, as you can hear. <laughs> so, Tony, uh, let's start off, if you could share with the listeners a little context just about how early in life were you first intrigued with um, observing human behavior? Uh, thank you, Aubrey. Uh, you said it in a word right there. I'm, I'm naturally taken to observing. It really, it really comes down to that. Uh, I think if you look at 
children. I look at children a lot of times and, and they're silent. And, and I remember being a child, I was silent. I was observing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that followed me into, um, my later years, I was a, just a normal, fun-loving teenager, went to college, had a lovely time, and I was drawn to philosophy um, and always always drawn back to observing only because there's a lot more utility in observing than there is in reacting. Yes, yes. So yeah. my observations have carried on to now where, you know, I'm a, um, I'm an older man and uh, these observations have all combined to make noesis. So I'm very lucky. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I appreciate that, Tony. I really do because um, we're going to, we're going to build a crescendo here, right? <laughs> uh, what I'd love to do is uh, take it to the next level. I'm going to ask you another question as we build up uh, to this, this, this phenomena called noesis and unpack it, right? And, and talk about how it applies to humanity and how we can apply it to our everyday lives. So Tony, let's talk about your original purpose, okay? Was your original purpose for observing human behavior, um, uh, was it the same back when you started as it is in how you observe for noesis today? Or was your purpose for observing human behavior different years ago and evolved over time to, to, to build up to noesis? Um, it's a great question. And the answer is that I think we're born in a certain way. And, and um, mm -hmm. I call my process, if, if people are want to say, gee, this is really interesting, this is terrific, I say, thank you. But, it, you know, I call it common sense on steroids. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, you know, the truth that we so desperately need will no longer be available to us, but we have a really terrific thing mm -hmm. uh, to, to lean on, and that is common sense. Mm -hmm. um, so what you're gonna, your listeners will hear tonight, I'm certainly, uh, um, I hope, hope, is common sense on steroids. I have a, I have a really bad habit of making sense, and uh, I don't know why we have, our, we have our gifts, but I guess your listeners will be the final judge of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and yes, uh, they will be, but I mean, in what you've shared so far and what you will share, I am very, very uh, excited. And, and I feel with a hundred percent confidence that it will resonate with the listeners. Um, want to talk about how I think what I've read on your website and, and what you mentioned about humanity um, has lost control. Um, by way of a process, right? So um, if you can just kind of break down control, control of what? And uh -huh. is it that common sense you're talking about? Or what is that control that has been lost? Thank you. Um, we, um, the idea that human beings have lost control mm -hmm. is not meant as, you know, we're not alarmists here. We're not running a fire drill. We are... Um, we are uh, macro humanists. I want right. to, I want to explain it. What your listeners are going to hear a lot of macro humanist observations. I was drawn all the time, always back to macro humanism. What do I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, a micro humanist undertaking would be perhaps a therapist and a patient. Right. Okay. Um, a lot of self-help out there and it's great stuff. Uh, self-help that's micro humanist. Mm -hmm. Um, a macro humanist is like an eagle eye view of the entire of, of the uh, of the behavior of groups up to and including the entire human race. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. why why macro? People say why macro? Well, it's a very fertile ground. Um, here's why the the here's what I've observed long ago. Mm -hmm. The behavior of any one human being any one human being, and there are 8 billion of us on the planet, we all come from the same place. The behavior of any one of us is utterly unpredictable, very easy to agree with. Um, right. But long ago, I, I, I realized that, that the behavior of large groups, up to and including the human race, is mm -hmm. not just predictable, but actually eerily precisely predictable. Mm. 
So I believed, I, I came to know very early on that where there is precision, where we can observe precision of any kind, we're, we're in the company of a mechanism. And mm -hmm. by extension, we're in the company of a mathematical thing. Mm. So we be so we get busy looking for the patterns, describing the patterns, and divorcing ourselves from blame, judgment, and anything else that would be action reaction in nature. Right, right. Uh, that's how an observer works. And these, uh, you know, it's um, uh, we've when we started looking for the patterns and we got rid of the blame and the judgment, it, a lot of things just fell right in that, that, that aren't, aren't really able to fall in for people. If they're in a reactive mode, we right. see a lot of, we see a lot of blame and anger and reaction. Us versus them has never been more pronounced. Hmm. We're not thinking, you know, the, these types of, of reactions can't think by their nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, getting away from them and being an, a steely observer has i think has has brought us to a place that your readers will find or pardon me your viewers will find interesting so would you say that um, um to sit back and observe and to be objective you know in in what you see um you know emotions aside i mean um will a lot more be revealed to us about ourselves and about our surroundings when we take a more cerebral approach to how we observe yeah um and, and let me get your your listeners will be, okay what give us a good example give us a something juicy to right right grab onto here here it is um and i hate to you know i hate to come in here you know like a banshee but i'm gonna do it um I'm going to say something that we really need to, to have a voice put to, and that mm -hmm. is it, that the human race in its current iteration is not sustainable in any discernible way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Now, you get to say that's a lot to unpack, Tony, and you're going to have to defend that. And I will say, um, with all respect, I most certainly can. And the, the harder the question, actually, the better. I need to be able to defend this entire platform, and so I shall. Understood, understood, and and I'm so glad you you mentioned that um, because that is a lot to unpack, right? Yeah. And so, uh, with that said, um, and I believe this is a quote that I found on on your site, or you know, on on you know, with you about you about Noesis, yeah. um, and and about humanity in general. Um, from Carl Sagan, a very thought-provoking quote, extinction extinction is the rule, survival is the exception. So my question to you, Tony, and I think you kind of touched on it in what you explained a minute ago, do you believe extinction is imminent? Uh, extinction is imminent for everything that's ever uh, come to life. Um, I know exactly the question you're asking. So let me get right to the answer. Um, Noesis is very happy to wait for whatever mother nature has in store for the human race. Mm -hmm. uh, what we will not do, what we will not do is sit around one more second and watch as a helpless an increasingly helpless human race selects itself, selects itself for its own demise. Um, if, if and and when I say that, and and very few listeners are going to be like shocked by it, uh, then I think believe it. I think it's time that Luis's and our process is now, okay. Mm -hmm. And I want to also uh, put in another counterintuitive thought. What we do here is highly counterintuitive. This is what we hear, and it, it sounds like this. First of all, we all want to get away from bad news. We, we we find ourselves, human beings, we find ourselves in this awful place, largely because we don't want to look. And that's okay. That, that we're, we're frightened. We're, we're, we're afraid. We don't know how we got here. We don't know how we're leaving. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. What, what, what sentient creature would not fear that reality? And furthermore, what sentient creature would not fear the degradation of that reality? Right. So, so, we look upon the human race not as flawed in any way. We look upon this entire thing as with great empathy, great empathy. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've arrived at self-loathing as a species. We don't like ourselves. That's reasonable. You know, any human being that doesn't like itself can be expected to be acting in a vaguely suicidal way. And again, it's reasonable to say that we are acting in a suicidal way. Um, So to to end this idea, and I'll give give it back to you, is that if somebody doesn't want to hear the bad news, let me remind them of something that they're not expected to know. And that is that bad news keeps us alive. Uh, For evolving humans, nobody with good news had value in keeping us alive. Mm. We, mm-hmm. we needed the bad news. Bad news, the bearer of bad news had more value to evolving humans because we could plot survival strategies with bad news. It uh, take out, action, I see. Exactly. So it turns out that the bad news is the good news. Mm. Um, so let me try to get around this idea where like, oh gosh, bad news. Yeah. And when we know it and when we have clarity, now we have, this is where we need to be because it kept us alive then. Let's let it keep us alive now. Understood. Understood. You know, when you talked about bad news and it is kind of, it's human nature, right? We don't want to hear bad news. And um, some of us more than others uh, turn our backs to bad news, right? Um, I happen to be a movie buff. And so there's there's this uh, line in the movie Godfather, the Godfather that uh, Robert Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the first. It's the first of many, right? Um, the, the first Godfather, Robert Duvall. He says, uh, uh, "Well, that is a shame, and I'm sorry to hear that." He's telling you know someone who didn't want to deal with his boss, who was the Godfather. He said, uh, "Well, if you excuse me, um, I need to uh, to call my my boss. Um, he always wants to know when there's bad news right away." Right. So, you know, don't waste any time. If there's bad news, tell me right away. Uh, remember, and, remember it well, very yeah. well. And, and what, and the scene that led up to it after that. Right. Right. One of the most iconic scenes ever to be filmed. hundred percent, hundred percent. So would you say based on that? Okay. Uh, based on that comment that he said, or that line, um, is that a perspective that we as humans could or should have when it comes to bad news? Um, well, clarity is our friend. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow, all the people, again, uh, we are telling ourselves we don't want the bad news. Oh, don't we? I, 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 I can't concur. Tomorrow, all of us, and today all of us, tomorrow, all 8 billion humans on this planet will uh, take their own set of problems. Mm-hmm. They will work those problems. Mm-hmm. They will work those problems. So, so it, apparently noticing problems is at the part of solving problems. So when we say we don't want the bad news, I can't concur. We actually all do want it where we can't survive. Mm. So again, this is counterintuitive, isn't it? Um, I don't, um, the PR people we work with Mm -hmm. are getting used to my counterintuitive thinking. They say (laughs) that we don't, we really don't want to scare people away. I say to them, I'm not trying to scare people away. I am not your man. If you want these issues soft pedaled, I can't do that. I don't bring value. I understand now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, let me let me um, hurry it along here. What we do, what we yes. do. I used I used a blanket statement earlier. The human or humans are not sustainable in any discernible way whatsoever you know if i'm going to leave it there what value do i have right i put it out there and then i go into this the timeline of the human species on this earth our migratory journey from central africa which is where we all come from right um we start at ground zero right there we get every human being on the same page and that is that we all come from the same place. Every human being on earth is genetically linked to the tune of essentially 100%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Our physical differences are merely the 
are the result of the physical realities we encountered as we moved around the world. Right, right. So, you know, we're talking about natural selection, mm -hmm. who uh, now she, let's call her she, she giveth or she taketh away, depending on what the same circumstances were. Um, so the evolutionary timeline of our species, once a matter of conjecture, even 50 years ago, is now no longer so. We can learn who we are for the first time. Mm. And I want to point something out, too, about learning who we are. No other culture, no other human culture in the past, it was only 200 years ago that we deduced that we evolved. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, only so, 200 years. Yeah. So so now, again, we, we, we got to stop beating ourselves up mm -hmm. for what we never knew. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so this meant that, you know, let's talk about perpetual conflict. Um, it, it, let me put this in place too. The, an observer says this. Um, we are very, very concerned with climate change, and we should be. We are concerned with pandemic. We darn well should be. Are we? Yes. That's not why we exist. No. We're concerned also with nuclear uh, uh, disarm. Of course, we're concerned with that, but that's not why we exist. No easy. And finally, disruptive technologies snuck in there from the side. I mean, so that's the point where our computers figure out they don't need us. We, we, we've heard about this one. So yeah. these are four things that occupy the forefront of human anxiety. Mm -hmm. But Noesis comes up behind the human race and gently taps it on its shoulder and explains that those four concerns are not on the tombstone of any long lost human culture. Not one of those four things were present in, uh, in human cultures that developed when we became stationary and we were no longer migratory. We became stationary. We took up uh, uh, behaviors that were foreign to our DNA, um, like acquisition. Uh, we were, we were, moved around the world in the spirit of cooperation, collaboration, right, collaborate, right. Or die. collaborate or die. Let me stress this, collaborate or die. Mm -hmm. um, we naturally moved into acquisitive behavior. This was a natural arrival place for a stationary culture as our populations grew. Uh, agricultural awakening, we domesticated beasts of burden. We domesticated dogs to to, to manage these beasts of burden and to then become wonderful pets. So as these, uh, as these fields of crops grew bigger, so did our, uh, our populations. We fell naturally into behaviors of acquisition. Mm -hmm. Again, a natural random event, very viewable now in our evolutionary timeline. Right, right. It was the dynamics associated with stationary behavior that were and are completely foreign to human DNA. We're born to assist. We're born to, to help what is helpless. It helped us to get, it helped our species to get everywhere in the world in one piece. We, it, was a, it was a one heck of an undertaking. We are capable of greatness. But then something happened to us. We're not flawed. Something happened to us that greatly injured the human psyche. And I'll go further and say that it broke the human heart. Mm -hmm. And that is when we crossed over to acquisitive behavior. Okay. And it's self-interest. Uh, it was foreign to human DNA. And I'm going to go further the self-interest of acquisitive behavior was so far, it was a, a you know, straight to the bow of human DNA. I keep saying human DNA. It's right. what's inside us doesn't recognize self-interest and what, what descends from it, most notably a greater and a lesser being. 
we remember we we evolved in a spirit of full equality. We were all very, very happy with the places that we inhabited within our group. It helped us to to survive. Now, all of a sudden, we fell into uh, unnatural meritocracies, unnatural ones, as opposed to natural ones. So a lesser being was born for the first time about 10,000 years ago. The trouble began immediately. Mm. Um, it, it, it formed a constant. It is, in fact, the constant to which I refer. The constant of human failure can be found in any lesser or diminished being within any system that he or she inhabits. Um, again, on a macro level, um, stationary cultures that would eventually become empires. Um, acquisitive behavior made a, you know, a hierarchy of human value, greater, lesser beings. Lesser beings were not going to sit still for that reality. They were not ever, ever going to accept the lesser station assigned to them. And they still don't. Mm-hmm. This happens in huge empires, and this happens in small small groups of people where a lesser or diminished person is the collapse of that system constantly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so there's our constant. It's a socio-mathematical constant that we're swept along by. It's an inertia. And we're beating each other about the head over something we're swept along by and that we can greatly, greatly understand now just when we truly need it. Mm. I also want to um, uh, stop here and, and explain to all your listeners, some people, you know, 65% of people in the world are uncomfortable with evolution. So guess what? That's okay. It, it doesn't give us enough answers. It, we can't get our, our arms around it. Uh, people say, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in evolution. Here's my, here's my very surprising answer. I will fight to defend anyone's beliefs, anyone's. Our belief systems are central to all of us. Luisus has a great suggestion. Tell me what you think about it. Let's survive in order to believe. We checked really hard, um, Aubrey, and we found out that an extinct species has no beliefs. So, so, so this is far from give up, give up your beliefs. No, hang on to them. Hang on to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have arrived together in crisis. We have arrived together in crisis. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, I hope by now that the spirit of what we're doing here is hopeful and remedial and views the entire, this entire mess, if you will, with great empathy. We, we're, we're trying to find one another in the dark. Mm. That is a deep, deep, deep phrase that you mentioned right there, Tony. And, um, you know, I, I, I think I think I'm very poignant. I'm going to have to point that out in all of the details of this episode once it's published. Right. If you can repeat that, we're all trying to find each other in the dark. Um, we don't understand what drives our behaviors. OK, we have a hundred. We uh, humans fancy themselves to be blank slates at birth. Again, Luisus, uh, we cannot concur. We have 120,000 prior generations of humans before us. The compulsions and impulses there too are uh, pressing down upon our one generation. Uh, now, you and I have nothing in common. Oh, no, no, we, we have plenty in common. We share this present moment. It's all we own. Mm -hmm. It's all anybody owns. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, we are 
trying to fight against the immense evolutionary weight of 120,000 prior generations of humans before us. And we need to stop beating ourselves up when we can't possibly defeat the impulses and compulsions inside of us that activate 10, 15 times faster than the thinking brain. 100%, 100%. In fact, I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, I mean, and, and you went further than I did, you know, uh, but I, I was thinking generations and generations and generations and generations, you know, um, prior to our existence, um, you know, it, it, how do you change a shift or shift that way of thinking, um, you know, to where we stop beating up ourselves um, after so many generations? It's like trying to undo what so many generations have done. I mean, right. Is that is that kind of what it looks like or sounds like? No, I'm, I'm again. I think I get a chance to surprise here. We live in the real world. We are fact based. The most that we will risk here is what stands to reason on its worst day, and mm -hmm. and we better be. Here's why: mm -hmm. if you're going to tackle issues of human sustainability, then you better be long on facts. Right. Um, you know, I, I believe that I do have command of the facts. Uh, you know, when somebody insults me or something, I point out very, very uh, gently that, you know, an insult is the arrival place of an indefensible position. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've trained my mind to, to, to weather mindless attacks. You know, I, I trust our, we trust our conclusions here. Right, uh, humans right. no longer really have the luxury of theory or we do we, you know, we need some answers here. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, something tangible, something that 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 is factual, right? Well, the mort mortality of our species is vaguely visible to all of us now. When that doesn't surprise anybody, again, this is not where you know, people are not saying, "How oh, fifty years ago, like get off, get a, get away from here." And you know what? They would have been right, but quite suddenly, we've arrived to a place that just is not—it's just not recognizable to us anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we go back to the human injury, when we crossed over to the, uh, to, to acquisitive behavior, lesser beings, mm -hmm. uh, I've pointed out and I've asked for an alternative argument that would defeat me as I always do. And that is it. Unnatural behavior cannot persist in nature. And we are acting relatively, we are acting unnatural relative to our cooperative, collaborative, assist and be assisted equality DNA. It's in our DNA. Yeah, that's our nature. It's our nature. We are swimming upstream. Now, mm. this is where I get to say something that has no opinion. It's not an opinion. I need it to be defeated. I beg for it to be. And that is this. We are acting clinically unnatural. And unnatural behavior cannot persist and never has. Every single stationary culture ever to exist on this planet has risen, flourished, decayed, and perished in eerily precise fashion. If we read our history books and, you know, our history books explain the situations of our failures, um, the fall of the Roman empire, right? The Incas, the Mayans, we didn't even know about these cultures and they destroyed themselves through perpetual conflict. How do we know? How do we know? It wasn't hard. The, the all the artifacts of, of, of conflict, specifically weaponry were everywhere. Right. So, so it, it, it has to do not with our nature. It has to do with us getting into groups and being stationary, where in our DNA, we want to migrate. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I'm explaining an injury to the human psyche, as opposed to this thing about we're, we're a scourge. No, we, we most certainly are not. We're, we're no, we're, we're frightened children, mm -hmm. uh, acting every bit of it, false bravado, 
It doesn't right. work for us anymore. It's not working. Um, you can, if you hear the fatherly tone, that's who we are. Right. Um, we got to start. We don't deserve. We are innocent of the existential crimes with which we've charged ourselves. Um, uh, we don't deserve to, to be here. I hear this all the time. We are kind, loving, gentle creatures who ran afoul of a random crossover evolutionary event. Now, I'm going to go cosmic on you here, Bobby. I hope you allow me to, because it's going to tie in. Sure. Yeah. We, we do hear a series um, on human rarity. Uh, because humans value rarity greatly. If I gave you a Monet, there isn't anybody that wouldn't take it up to Christie's and get right. their 50 million. And we'd all do this, right? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Now, here's a funny thing. We don't value our own. Mm -hmm. And that's a funny thing because, it, because and, and does that mean we're dumb? No. We don't understand our rarity. Mm -hmm. But Noesis will fix that. Mm -hmm. Um we we run a series on uh, the Fermi paradox and the great mm -hmm. filter. The Fermi mm -hmm. paradox wondered out loud. Enrico Fermi he uttered three words: "Where is everybody?" And when pressed further by his colleagues, uh, he explained the mathematics of our galaxy. He said, "We should have a traffic jam of visitors here. That's the math of it." It would only take one sentient species to about a billion years to to traverse and colonize the Milky Way galaxy, even at sublight speeds. Mm -hmm. So this is a 13 billion year old galaxy. Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, with this true, with this math true, we should be getting buzzed and ducking when probes and visitors. Right, right, yeah. But we see nothing mm. now the great filter is people of the greatest minds in the world have weighed in against the fermi paradox which asks where is everybody and why we call this the great silence the great silence so the great filter the great filter is thought to be an answer to the to the fermi paradox it's the one thing that won't go away it can't be reasoned away and that okay. is it it speculates correctly i think that sentient intelligence tends to destroy itself the moment it can. And we are, at Noesis, again, would like to gently tap the human species on its shoulder and say, we are up against the filter now. Mm -hmm. And if we were to fail, here's some another counterintuitive thought. It wouldn't mean it wouldn't be a failure in cosmic terms. It would be normal. Right. So right. it would be eminently normal for us to fail now. L little children striking matches. Um, so I have, again, we just comes to the human race with a terrific challenge. Why don't we be the first to make it through the filter? Right. Not the side. Now, look, you asked me uh, earlier and I heard you and I'm going to answer you. What now? What are we going to do? Never mind what we say we're going to do. What's doable? Hmm. That's the only thing you want to hear from me. And when I start telling us what we're going to do, no, what's doable for us? First things first, clarity. I've given you clarity. It hurts. Let's all say it together. Ouch. Okay. Ouch. Ouch. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, now we have out. We can all agree, out. Okay, don't look away. Don't look away now. Not you, but I'm yeah, talking, yeah. You know, um, if I've got a hundred people and they all eighty run out the door, I say, now we can get something done with the twenty who stayed. Right. Clarity is our friend. Uh, we have to understand how deep we are in to determine how to get out. It took us ten thousand years. For this thing we do, conflict into perpetuity, and it's eerily precise breakdowns, uh, 
to leach itself into every corner of the human experience. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a process to get us out of what it took us 10,000 years to get into. Right, right. So when Tony starts talking about we got to change this, this, and this, that means get the cane out and get me off the stage. Right? <laughs> but why does it mean that, Tony? When there's there's more to unpack from what you say we've got to do when it comes to taking action. Well, I mean, people should want to hear more, right? I have plenty more. Um, but what I'm explaining is that when I tell everybody what the realities we're facing are, we, we're we not going to get Pollyanna here. No, no, not we're at not all. Get, we're not going to get altruistic. It's not what we do. We bring no value. Um, we, we have been swept along by unnatural behavior. It has us at one another's throats again. But listen, when we created greater and lesser beings, we guaranteed the failure of every stationary culture to mm-hmm. ever exist here. We guaranteed it that minute. We didn't know. Right, I want right. to stress this. We didn't know. Nobody got together and said, let's blow up the human race. We had nowhere to migrate to 10 to 15,000 years ago. We did the natural thing. Right, right. Okay, so we have to first understand the injury. We we sustained an injury to our developing psyches. Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't blame an injured person. I don't blame a frightened child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you, we drop everything we would do, we have, or we're doing, and we're going to get that frightened child back to safety. Right. Humans, the false bravado we display, it's just not going to hunt anymore. All right. Mm-hmm. We're injured. We are frightened. We are uh, acting every bit of it. Um, we think that we're fighting about political minutiae. Are we? Um, I- I'm going to suggest that we're not. I think that we are channeling very textbook, escalating existential fear. What does it choose? It chooses safety in numbers. Have you ever seen a better example of us versus them than today? I never have. I never have either. And, you know, Tony, the very strategy and the very idea that you're talking about as far as, you know, we need to understand our injuries, understand our wounds. You know, it, it's 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 in complete alignment with an article I believe you wrote that I found very, very thought provoking. Right. Um, this was an article that that quite seriously moved me uh, you. where you wrote on how humans have racism all wrong. And I believe at the time when I was reading it, what you were suggesting may sound counterintuitive to some or most people, but you talk about how everyone, regardless of color or ethnicity, have actually entertained a racist thought, right? Uh, And then you talk about getting personal and admitting your own racism, surviving the verbal and other beatdowns, um, you know, chastising that uh, from those disgusted by your admission, but that you also talk about the importance of processing through that admission, right, to move past racism and to openly discuss amongst others. So what you're talking about here as far as understanding our injury, understanding our wounds, um, so that, you know, we can process and 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 learn and build um you know this article was definitely in, in line with that I, I have to say i appreciate what what you wrote here in in the way of thinking uh, i want to thank you very much for bringing that up very boldly i put it out there i i i'm a fearless man um i you know i i put out I comment on racy issues and i managed to surprise people and you <laughs> took the time you took the time to get through to what I was really talking about. You know, where you, I come out and say, I want to shout out my racist feelings to the world. Right. Why? Because I understand that this is a tribal relic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anybody that didn't look like me, I had to, I was on high alert until right. I just, you know, it, so this thing about, you know, we're all lost in the same woods. Yes. Okay. 
Um, so if we understand that we're all lost in the same woods, let me explain something, uh, Aubrey. Racism and skin color are not related in any way. Mm -hmm. uh, the other, this is a, um, and, you know, this is an existential term, and I don't want to give too much weight to existentialism. It, it's, a <laughs> right. pretty, it's a pretty way to say re realism, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it was the concept of the other that right. the existential thinkers wrote about. Uh, the other, the other. Well, the other had a bad habit of wanting to kill me 150,000 years ago. So I was on high alert against the other. Right. Um, so, you know, again, remember, neither one of us knew we came from the same place. That's right. <laughs> neither one of us knew who knew. Uh, yeah. So, so right away, paranoia was all was our only choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The brain works like this. Whatever we don't recognize, whatever stranger is a stranger. We, our brains say high alert until such time that it doesn't say high alert. We start right. at high alert and we graduate to complete comfort. I am completely comfortable with you. You are completely comfortable with me. Right. But it, it, the point is that, you know, humans all come from the same place. So when we're beating each other about the head, over racism, we are missing the point greatly. And 100%. You, couldn't agree more. And you picked up on it. You picked up on it because you stayed with the article. I can't thank you enough. No, absolutely. I mean, this is something that I've taken to heart for many years growing up. I mean, being a person of color, um, you know, I, I've I've had my fair share of, of, of those, um, you know, of, of the abuse and, and, you know, name calling and uh, just you know, all the stuff that came with racism from other people and, you know, as other people of color. And so to me, it meant a lot to read through the article to understand what you were saying. Right. Um, and, and, and I think if more people read through it, they can understand how can you process something that you don't acknowledge. Right. So, whether it's conscious or subconscious, it sounds like you're suggesting that everyone has a racist thought, whether you're a person of color or not. That's why racism and ethnicity are really aren't the same thing. You know, um, there's people of color that have racist thought. There's people, of, you know, who are not of color who have racist thoughts. And those thoughts uh, could be conscious thoughts or subconscious thoughts and uh, and and so and people are so quick to say no i don't have one single racist thought you know they want to push that down repress it repress it but there is there is substance in what you say in that article tony that lends uh the fact that we all have it we're all human let's just acknowledge it so that we can process and move forward and learn how to um, live cohesively. Well, let's extend the point even. Let's extend the point. Um, in order to find sustainability, we are going to have to uh, abandon, if you will, mm -hmm. some, of, uh, some of our cliches, some of our rationalizations. We've compiled a, a, a heck of a cache of rationalizations over, over the centuries. We have to, to, to so we can so we can accomplish this thing called sleep. Exactly. Know? Sleep. Very important. Very important. So <laughs> human being, I'm going to ask, we're going to ask human beings to summon the courage to look at, to view themselves yeah. with what we were able to know. Um, mm -hmm. Again, this goes back to mathematical patterns. Right. Um, let's talk about something like uh, ethics, morals, and decency. Here's something I noticed about decency. Right. It's this, it's a mathematical thing. Human decency tends to end where action is required. Mm. Um, I want to say it again, human decency tends to end where action is required. So if that's true, and I believe I can show that to be true, there are outliers. There are outliers. We understand right. that. Right. But, you know, we're long on lip service, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so a sustainable species will be decent by its actions as a matter of its survival. Mm -hmm. um, 
we also uh, we talk about what are the mathematics of ethics and morals. Um, I'm treading softly here, Aubrey. I always say I'm tre treading softly, and then I proceed to make a point that's like, gee, uh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. And here it is. Um, we put ethics in place, and then we get busy doing math. What do I mean? Well, we our ethics are really tailored directly in line with the the probability of negative consequences at any given time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is a mathematical thing here. Um, if, if we put ethics in place, we get busy following them, and then we do the math. What are the odds of being detected if we are unethical? And if those odds are at zero, I'll, I will show you infinite unethical behavior over time mm. so who are we kidding we're doing we're mathematicians like right we take our ethics mm -hmm. we, if there are negative consequences or 100 we're going to be really good boys and girls <laughs> right <laughs> now take it at zero now we're real now we accelerate into indecent it into infinite indecency history shows this so mm -hmm. who we need to own that and then we can pivot to being ethical by choice as a matter of our survival as a species. Right. Right. Break down to build up, you know, precisely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, oh, thank you, man. The, the owning the ownership of what we don't want to own. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, that's common sense, <laughs> you know, common sense on steroids on which, steroids, <laughs> which, which, which you're which you are able to absorb right, right. okay um now look uh people are you know are going to come and say like wait a minute this goes against all my beliefs and, and you know i don't believe in uh, evolution i will say i guess we're not for you it would really end at that i guess just we're not we're not for you and by the way if you want me to defend your beliefs i'm right there gotcha when that gotcha. fight's over, we have to come back to our uh, uh, what we what is immovable for us to be to problem solve for sustainability. We are problem solvers. Yes, we're professional explainers. Mm -hmm. So, what does it sound like? Um, okay, what I'm going to tell you now, I I want it, I want you to see it and never unsee it. Okay, um, we are. Uh, you know, we have with friends like us who needs enemies. What do I mean? Uh, we gossip about our friends, right? And they gossip about us. In fact, we yeah. even make every time I leave my buddies, I say, "Feel free to talk about me openly." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. That's what you're going to do. So, mm -hmm. so, so I noticed that. Why are we doing this? I thought, you know, as an observer again, why yeah. are yeah. we churning the social woes of every human being that we see? Why are imperfect beings pounding on the imperfections of others? What's driving this? Right, right. The normal question is, look at this mess. We blame it. Blame's a threat to the human mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who's going to accept our blame? Anybody you know? No. It's a threat. So we deduce easily that to blame, these models of blame and blame rejection, we monetized it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we monetize it. So let's get back to this negative information. Uh, we, we, we get busy finding the negative and we pound on it, don't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's More why. than the positive in a lot of cases. And here's why. This is this can have value for us as we learn who we are over the course of decades. It looks like this. Long ago. I wonder why we all get a buzz when we gossip. I wondered what drove the buzz. It, it was like a shot of pure dopamine to the pleasure center. Yeah. yeah. What's going on here, uh, uh, Aubrey? Here's what's going on. It, survival was in the details for evolving humans. We didn't look upon any landscape for its beauty. We looked upon all landscapes for anything that could kill us. Mm -hmm. yeah. So again, negative information kept us alive, and right. survival 
was in the details. Now, what are we doing today? We are homing in on anything wrong and pounding on it. We're channeling an ancient, ancient relic. Mm, I got you. I see. That's an ancient practice. And we're doing it and channeling it today. It's a reinvention of it's a we can literally hook it into everything we do today, every single thing that you do today mm-hmm. and tomorrow mm-hmm. has its roots in a past reality. <laughs> the, the immensity of evolutionary influence upon modern behavior must be understood, or we will be overwhelmed and swallowed all again. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So this is nothing new. Listen, um, when people say to me, like, gosh, this is new thought, I'm like, you know, I can't really take credit for that. I -hmm. can take credit for putting things and putting things in ways that people never thought of. That makes sense. Negative information is the rechanneling of of an ancient relic. We're seeing we're seeing enemies in our mind that are long dead. Yes. We're fighting enemies that don't exist for us anymore. Mm. And that suddenly explains the misaligned force we see every day. All everybody's we kill a fly with a howitzer. What we're doing is having evolutionary hallucinations. I got you. And I want to compliment you on how easy you pick up on these things. Um, uh, it's like an instant understanding. Like, yeah, it's as opposed to this is paradigm shifting thought. No, I go back to common sense on steroids. What's yeah. driving this thing? Yes, yes. The yes. answer is we can find it when we look and then we can apply it. We can deduce the uselessness of our behaviors. We can now deduce the uselessness of our behaviors because we know what drives them. Right. Right. And that takes an enormous amount of transparency and bravery, if I would dare to say, uh, to take that hard look in the mirror at not just myself as a person, but ourselves as a species, right? Um, to to a- acknowledge and understand those wounds, those pains, um, those uh, those shortcomings, those, those faults um, that we all have. Um, this, Tony, this is a tremendous message, okay? The message and method of Noesis um, is a tremendous um, call to action um, that, 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 you, that you have given our listeners a glimpse into uh, what it is, how it works, what we're doing as a species, and what we should be doing or should start to do as a species. And I know the ideas that you have mentioned and the things that you have suggested that we should practice and do and dispel um, resonated with our listeners. And they're going to want to learn more. They're going to want to learn more. They're going to want to read your articles. I mean, I found your articles very profound and thought provoking. So I want to ask you, Tony, absolutely. And I mean that, sir. I truly mean that. Certainly Uh, do. And I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, And how can the listeners connect with you, learn more, uh, read your articles, learn more about Noesis and, uh, and the work that you're doing in, in, in getting this message out. Thank you. Um, we're a nonprofit. Um, I, we put everything into this the last four years. We built it. We built this thing as an actionable group. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We have a book coming out called The Human Injury. It will describe what I've described to you. We, uh, we have to understand that we are, we are channeling an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we need to understand the components of it um, and begin to pivot over to, 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 to looking at our beleaguered species with empathy. Yes. Uh, as opposed to self-loathing, we've got to ask the human race to come in off the ledge and let's talk about this. Um, so we are a, first things first, we're a nonprofit. Okay. I'm going to go to every single, every single country in this world and, try to unite all of us under a banner we can unite under. And that is human self-preservation species. Absolutely. um, Listen, political, no. Cultural, no. Right. Religious, no. No. Species preservation, yes. 
That's we have a common enemy, don't we? Mm -hmm. the, the end of our, of our remarkable, rare species is visible to all of us. We don't deserve it. What we've become can't survive. What we are at heart deserves to. Yes. So we are at noesisproject.com. Um, we are an actionable group. All right. Uh, a book. People read a book and, and close the book. This is actionable, as in right. our going. I'm going to build a global organization so long as as much time as I have left on this planet mm -hmm. uh, to, to hopefully gift the human race with a, a way to, to learn why it does what it does. Right. As right. opposed to reacting if this, they call it this mess. What mess? Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. don't, we don't know what we're doing. Um, right. Uh, listen, I, I don't scold my, I didn't scold my 10 year old for, I didn't scold my 10 year old. I, I, I got him to safety and said, listen, you can't do that. Right, right. You need to know what you're doing. Human beings are, we're lost, frightened, paralyzed beings, aren't we? Yeah. We don't know where to start. It's too big. Um, <laughs> Quite vast. So here, right here, we, what we've become cancer survive. who we are deserves to. Yes. All right. I love that. What we are can survive who we are deserves to. Yeah, we can't we can't do this and 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 reach sustainable. This is right. not sustainable. This thing we do. Right. Um, this is important also, and, and I know in the interest of time to wrap it up, and that is it. Notice, observe. If we try to take anything from anybody, it's not going to work. We're not speedboats. No. You know, we, we we can't attack people's beliefs. We can't ask people to give back their wealth. It's not what this is about. No, not at all. We have to quantify, quantify the concerns. Yes, yes. Uh, and Clarity is our friend. Deweesesproject.com. Um, and uh, I am an accessible man. Uh, I've promised to be an accessible man until such time I can't be. Anybody wants to talk to me, guess what? I'll pick up the phone. That is fantastic, Tony. Thank you so, uh, so much. Um, Noesisproject.com. We will have links to the website and all other sorts of accessible links uh, with your permission. Add them to the episode show notes so that the listeners can um, contact you, follow you, read your articles, and um, maybe even, you know, keep tabs on the upcoming book, The Human Injury. Is that right? Yes, um, the human injury, I talked about it earlier, we mm -hmm. crossed over to a place that, that we don't recognize in our DNA. Gotcha. We're, we're, we're tr truly injured. So, and, Well, thank you for sharing that. And that's exactly right. And, and you, 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 you really, really articulated how we are truly injured. And being that the, the, the timid creature, right, uh, in the dark, not sure where to go or looking for each other in the dark. And, and, and just we're all in the same woods. We just can't find each other and we can't find the way. We, right. We want to we be together. And we're, we we repel one another. It, none of that works. We don't un, we don't recognize ourselves anymore. In the that, most simple of terms. Yeah, the irony really overwhelms me when it comes word. to that. So. Good, good word there, by yeah. you. Good word. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Embrace thank you the so irony of it. So embrace the irony. That's right. <laughs> uh, Tony Wall, everyone. Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. I really, really appreciate you coming on, and I hope we can stay in touch because. I would love to hear uh, when your book, your next book, The Human Injury, comes out so we can, uh, you know, let the listeners know as well. Uh, I would be delighted anytime. Oh, fantastic. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one, a colleague, a coworker, um, a neighbor, a friend who just doesn't seem to be themselves and falling into bad habits, bad behaviors, um, going through dark days of despair, not quite sure who to turn to or where to turn, I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, there are two things we want our listeners to know. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there's always hope. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. 
And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232.